The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Before any of that, as always, we're going to kick things off with our afternoon update, catching you up on all that has happened uh, today and joining me for the afternoon update today. Sarah Jane Tobin, content editor at Evoke, journalist and broadcaster. John Lee, executive director at the Daily Mail and the Mail on Sunday. You're both very, very welcome. Thank you. RTE Thank on you. the agenda still, John, uh, some might say. So we've had a meeting uh, today um, Catherine Martin met with the chair of the RTE board, Shuani Rahalig, and the director general, Kevin Backhurst. What specifically was this about, John? I'll just look up the statement here. Um, uh, oh, well, lovely. Thank you. Um, pre prepared statement. This, um, but the statement doesn't say much, unfortunately. So, Well, there's kind of the equivalent of thoughts and prayers. There's concerns and frustrations expressed. Um the, the meeting was about RTE's new um, new regime failing to be much, the new boss, same as the old boss, unfortunately. Um, they've failed to get to grips with the, the level of crisis they're, they're in. And, you know, your listeners will know a lot of what went on on the weekend, I think. And then last week, uh, Kevin Backhurst was up in front of a committee. I think two things, two things passed people by, myself as well, I think till I thought about it this morning before I came on this, that um, one, he, he said for, uh, it might seem a small thing, that, that Montrose is not on the table anymore. Um, and today it was revealed they're now up to 20 million uh, in losses on TV licence payments, another million down <coughs> for the month of January, I think, which says they are in deep, deep financial uh, trouble. And they have simultaneously revealed that one woman was paid four hundred and fifty thousand million. Sorry, four hundred fifty thousand <laughs> severance. Not quite, not yeah. quite. Severance not without not yet, yet, Sarah Jane. There was, a, yeah, there was. A, uh, I won't go into it, but yeah, there was a joke on around the weekend about something else. But um, without a business plan, without a written business plan as to why that um, she should be paid. It. Now we have Rory Coveney, and again, where we're at is. Uh, I would claim some credit for Kevin Backer's strange um, statement on Saturday to newspapers because I was one of those who asked what R- Rory Coveney uh, his payment was. So his his severance pay they've kind of revealed that to be a year's salary and then year salary around two hundred grand. This was a man who was up to his neck in the t- the toy show f- fiasco. Uh, left at a, under a mutual agreement, yet got a payoff, which. I don't think what happened in the private sector. But I've said this in your programme um, mm. a number of occasions that I think the entity that is RT is is at an end. What all this behaviour is doing is guaranteeing that to be the case. And um, I don't know how they're going to get out of this mess. You know, Backhurst was asked today uh, whether he's going to resign. Um, that may well be the next step. Now, I wrote at the weekend that cabinet ministers told me that if all those, the conditions of all of those payments aren't revealed Mm. in the next few days, he will be under pressure. But he has said today he was waiting on legal advice. There is no legal advice ultimately that will govern whether they disclose that or not. Sergey, this is the the problem now that Kevin Backers faces is that up until this point, he was able to portray himself as the new broom to a degree. You know what I mean? The problems, they existed there before. before. I can. I am the man to try and solve these problems, and 
you know, suddenly the, the headlines, uh, including on Evoca, do it. Kevin Backers approves golden handshake. Yeah, I mean, the, the reality of it is, I think, you know, he came in with a poison chalice. Like, there's no two ways about it. There was a, a system there in existence uh, before he came in. Um, there were people and, and things blocking, you know, his steps each step of the way. He's come up against all sorts of obstacles that have been placed there. Um, and I, I don't like, at the end of the day, I mean, Alan Dillon, the Fine Gael, um, TD was on the radio today basically saying that, you know, until there's ultimate transparency, there's no getting away from this and he can't keep hiding from, you know, can't keep using legal advice and, and legal, you know, speak to get away from, from fessing up and basically telling people where exactly the public money is going. Um, and, and which way the public mood is going. Because John, yeah. you know, they, uh, sometimes, and uh, we've probably been guilty of it, I have on this show, we kind of get sucked into this story and there's, you know, it's a bit inside baseball at times. You know, it becomes kind of the media talking about the media. Like at the same time, there, there's a huge interest. I think when four hundred and fifty thousand euros has been paid to to, to people, and mm. it's and they perceive it as taxpayers' money. And again, I mean, Kevin Backers can kind of argue all day about kind of whether kind of uh, the redundancy payments and about the legalities of what he can and cannot. Um, uh, make public um, in terms of these uh, settlements, uh, but for the public at large, they, they just they just see that headline that I mentioned. I don't, I, I don't quite agree with you, no. Kieran. That it's it's inside the uh, the bubble because there's a very very um, tangible figure that shows it's not that there's a twenty million shortfall in the license fee. No, That's no. Not, I mean, I, I mean, maybe in terms that, of some of the coverage. There's that, been days we didn't need to talk about that, it. Maybe. Well, as well but, but, but again, I mean, that brings us to another question. <laughs> RTE, the national broadcaster, and keeps telling us that. Um, they they are so required to um to handle to handle public service broadcasting they themselves are leading on it and then that asks are they getting distracted by it i think i think what we're looking at is um the end of a, a national institution and whether whether we as journalists are, are mis, miscalculating the gravity of the story or not i don't i don't think we are okay. i don't think um, so the, 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 these people Starting with Ryan Tuberty is what was one of the biggest figures in the country media wise. The Late Late Show, for instance, still has a place in the national conversation. We believe. I don't think it will in two or three years' time. We've seen the church fall. We've seen bank banks fall. Politi- politics, to to a certain extent, since two thousand and eight, has has a different reputation and a different place than it did, does in Irish society. And I fundamentally believe RTE by its failure to deal with the, um, this crisis mm. is guarantee- guaranteeing that it's going to end up very soon a rump organisation that, m- that may be still be allowed to be involved in current affairs but an awful lot of what it has done in the past they won't just, be doing. Just current affairs and news and current affairs station well, that is and what, very little else. Um, I, that is what Leo Varadkar said himself um, uh, I, I, I think it was last autumn that he envisaged the, the the and I had written this back as far as early as June. He envisaged the 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 organisation being split, and part of that remaining organisation would then uh, handle uh, public service broadcasting, yet to be defined. And the rest of it, the commercial activity, will go off elsewhere. And even for instance, they're very high radio figures. Um, thankfully, for the people employed in that organisation, are still high. Uh, 
that company can easily be hived. A radio as an entity can be hived off from the mm. rest of it. They but, even, but, they, they but, cut back the Fair City and stuff like that. They've reduced the, the frequency of that show going out and stuff like that. I mean, they, they're already starting to cut back on a lot of... But this was, I think this is where I felt like that big plan was a, kind of a damn squib. You know, there was talk, like you say, John, initially of kind of the entire Montreux site being on the table, about mm. kind of all of 2FM being sold off, about different uh, uh, parts of the organisation being hived off. And all we got was we're kind of going to have a redundancy scheme over the next few years and Fair City's going to be on two nights less. Yeah. I, mean, I, can't, I can't, I struggle to think of it and beyond that. Well, again, if, and, and there are a couple of and things... And please give us a load of more money. There are a couple of things that are going to be dealt with, I think, in the coming months as well. If somebody had gone in a, in a PLC or in this organisation or in the organisation I work for and Sarah Jane works for, it was written down that you must clear it with the board that if you're going to spend more than €2 million Euros, and you didn't do that... I think there are still ramifications from an awful lot of that. And I, I really believe Kevin Backhurst, he's a nice man, as everyone keeps saying, but he is failing to deal with this. Joe and Galway says, forget the toy show, the musical. Somebody like David McSavage should write RTE, the musical, about the last uh, <laughs> nine months. And Paddy it is on Instagram. <laughs> Paddy and Termin Fekin <laughs> says, um, with reference to the confidentiality clause on redundancy payoffs, I'm just a layman, but should any business rules or ethics or laws be broken, would this not trump any confidentiality uh, Claus, Paddy, maybe these are the questions that uh, Kevin Backhurst is still seeking answers uh, to. Uh, so if there's any update uh, on that meeting that has been held between Catherine Martin and Shuni Rahalig and Kevin Backhurst beyond Catherine Martin's statement over the next couple of hours, we'll bring it uh, to you. Uh, Sarah Jane, what's the most you've ever paid for a pint? I don't drink pints, Karen. I'm a classy lady. Uh, well, you may be, a, yeah, <laughs> but you're also, gen- you're also generous. So you'd be in a round, you'd be buying them for other people. I am, of course, see, only joking. Of course, I'm only joking. Yes, I know. I nearly choked when I read this today. That pints in a certain pub in the city centre, 10.45 mm. for a pint of Guinness. Or sorry, no, it was a pint. No, it wasn't sorry, cider. Rockshore cider. Yeah, not even cider. Guinness. Not even Guinness. Here. It's it's the first to go above the ten euro Rubicon, I think, or certainly yeah. uh, one of the first. Won't I'm, be the last. I'm surprised as well. Rockshore wouldn't necessarily be top of the the list when it comes to popular beverages, um, but yeah. So the this is the latest anyway. It's in a it's in the Merchants Arch in Temple Bar, and it's in the um, restaurant section, which is always a little bit pricier than the bar, anyway. But um, yeah, when when asked about it, um, the publican who owns the the bar just I think his name is Tom Doon. He said he uh, he's no he doesn't need to you know justify his. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess he <laughs> you doesn't. know. And at the end of the day, like I mean, the LVA have been talking about this for a long time as well. That the cost of of running pubs now is going through the roof, and the likes of the Marble Arch and stuff like that because they serve food, and um, they do have the the VAT rate and stuff like that. They've also had to you know, hike up the mm. price of their employees. They're paying more for their employees and stuff like that. Insurance costs, blah, blah, blah. It's just spiralling. So that's how he's justifying it. But for me, it actually makes me go, I'm just not going into town. I don't care. Mm. I'll, I'll sooner sit at home. John, the most you've paid for a pint. I I, I gave up booze about 10 years ago, as I said before in this programme. Oh, so it's so already so about 2.50 by the well, time so. you gave So for up. a variety of reasons, I can't remember what was the most I paid. But mm. I know I went into the plaza in New York one day I was on business um, to, for a coffee just to see where the Beatles had stayed and yeah. ma- thought maybe I'd, I'd, I'd spot Donald Trump although he sold He, he went in day. to see where Home Alone 2 was made. <laughs> but, he just tells people the Beatles thing. Yeah, well, that, Donald, that's how I knew Donald Trump was involved. He's in it too. But 
you know, that's the plaza. And then I could go uh, out to Queens and get a get a beer for, for next to nothing. This is a capitalist society. And yeah. I wouldn't criticise Eugene. I was that soldier. I did it myself. Eugene um, um, Masterson has done this for the Sunday World, a very, very informative piece. And he points out that there is, if you go to Weatherspoons in Swords, you can buy a pint of Foster's for two ninety five. You can go up to the mm. Clonliffe House, which is um, gritty, uh, near Croke Park and get, yeah. a, get a pint for a fiver. You know, it's the oldest trope in many ways in, in the book. But if you want to go to Temple Bar and you're on a stag and you perhaps want to see um, glamorous looking women and men, that's where that's what you pay. And if you want to go else, and if you want to go and sup a pint um, up up near Crow Park, you can do for half the price. I bought Bertie Ahern a pint of Budweiser at a Chicago Bulls game. Scratch the uh, name drop now, and it was eighteen dollars for a pint what? of Budweiser. And did he hand it back saying I want a bass? <laughs> oh, yeah, because he yeah, wouldn't touch know, a Budweiser. Yeah. When was That's that? all they had. Yeah, <laughs> was that like in uh, time? it was about two years ago? Yeah, and we were there. The show wow. was broadcasting from uh, Chicago for a couple of days. Bertie Ahern was over there as part of this kind of um, trade mission, if you call it that, Ireland Gateway to Europe. And I happened to be at the bar at the same time as Bertie. I get this from Bertie on me. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Did he drink there it? I am. You're uh, a breath oh, oh, showy. I get this one for you, Bertie. 18 quid. Only bought Bertie. I, I just have a tap water there with it. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. Uh, he disappeared. I disappeared quickly. I wasn't waiting around uh, to buy any more pints. But you're at the baseball and if you're in the Aviva, you're going to pay, uh, you're gonna exactly, pay extra. Exactly. And you could do what I used to do is have five or six cans before I went to the pub and then had, had a fiver left ah, over prinks, and got me two. The prinks. We, uh, there was last year, I don't know if any of you went to the American football match in the Aviva last year where the all the cash machines in the entire oh, stadium yeah, broke. Oh yeah, I remember that. It was hilarious. Like the, I think one of the most entertaining things was the stack of empty uh, pint glasses being built they over them out for the free, did they? Yeah, they were giving them out for free. Free oh, food, free wow. drink for the entire match and you know how long these things go on for. Oh, yeah, they do. Yeah, American football <laughs> goes on forever. I actually left the basketball. That goes on too long as well. Anyway, uh, listen, before I let you go, I do want to ask about the referendum. Um, so the Free Legal Aid um, Society, I nearly said, Centre, a centre yes. uh, FLAC, have come out um, in favour of a yes-no vote, Sarah Jane. So yes on changing the definition of the family, no to removing the reference to a woman's place in the home yeah. and the insertion of the carer's clause, as it were. So why have they done this, do they say? Yeah, they said that they're disappointed that people weren't offered the opportunity to just repeal the article altogether. They say that it's sexist and they called it offensive. Um, and they say that, um, you know, it, it, it just implies that the responsibility to provide care rests with unpaid family members who tend to be women. And they just say it's it's not right. It should have been a straight up repeal. Um, John, I mean, are there nerves in the corridors of power about these um, referendums? I, I don't. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, I I interview, and of course, Flack represent um, people, uh, uh, ordinary people, for want of a better word, and and their view has to be respected. But that is a, de- a democracy where people can express their views. Mm. I interviewed the um, the chairman of the uh, chairwoman of the commission, uh, Justice Mary. Baker last week. I can tweet the, the article and attach it to your show. Yeah. And it, it was very, as an intelligent, intelligent, very intelligent woman um, would be, is extremely interesting. And she was anxious to point out that this, the Constitution is a guide for the, for the Oireachtas to legislate from. And then if people have concerns, now, you know, we can't all afford it, with, with, with that legislation, they can then challenge it through the courts. And one interesting thing struck me. She said, Whereas the, the, she said the, the Constitution does not say the woman's um, um, place is in the home. I won't, I won't, unless you particularly want me, I won't read out what it does say. 
um, it's far more nuanced than mm. that. She says it's 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 actually a good clause, um, and she says that if language is sometimes archaic, it isn't always inaccurate. So the constitution, she was at, now that then begs the question why we're having a referendum and all, but it is required, <laughs> yeah. and it is required that it changes, and I don't think that amendment can then accommodate every view and accommodate every group. And I think that would then be left to the the Oireachtas to legislate, taking into account Flax views and Tom Honan, I think, was on your programme as well. Tom Clonan, sorry, uh, stating his views when it comes to the disabled. And they are serious matters relating to um, important groups in society. It it does remind me, though, a little bit of the... Shannon referendum when we were kind of convinced that the argument was made that you know we shouldn't abolish it if if you want to reform it vote to keep it yeah that there's not a third option here no, it's, binary. It's, it's keep what's there or change it to this if you want a third option it's not it's not on the ballot Bi- and binary choices are yeah. never good yeah. as uh, a certain country not so far away from us uh, with found with their Gosh. Brexit referendum so. Yeah, as I'm looking at uh, Kemi Badenoch uh, on my TV screen, um, who I think is currently being sued uh, by uh, Joe Brawley. Um, anyway, we won't get into the legal detail on that. Uh, Sarah Jane Tobin, a content editor at Evoke, journalist and broadcaster, John Lee, executive director of the Daily Mail and the Mail on Sunday. One listener says €45 for one bottle of Heineken at the Monaco Grand Prix. And if you're already there, if you're already there, you can afford it. <laughs> and the most boring <laughs> sport Sarah, Jane and John, yeah. Parking tests. Uh, thank you both very much uh, for your time. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.